Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. If we haven't met yet, my name is Tony and I'm your host. With over a decade in the local church and now working for a nonprofit doing leadership and discipleship, I want to help you move closer to Jesus. Today's episode 189 of the podcast, I'm so excited to bring you one familiar voice in a new voice. Pastor Rosario Picardo, who's been on the podcast multiple times, and Pastor Sue Nelson-Kibbe have a brand new book out. So if you ever struggle with prayer, big prayers, life-changing prayers, altering prayers, dynamite prayers, this is the conversation for you. We talk about what it means to have a movement of prayer. We talk about dynamite prayer, and we talk about their latest resource, which I know you're going to love. And hey, if you do love it, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify, it really does help get the word out, and the highest compliment you can give us, share this episode with a friend. Maybe there's someone in your life right now who's struggling with prayer. This is the perfect conversation to send them. So hit that share button, give it to a friend, let them know uh, what God is doing on this platform. Now, without any further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Pastor Roz and Pastor Sue. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have two dear friends with me, Sue and Roz. Roz has been on the podcast four times. Sue, this is your very first time. I'm excited to have you both. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. So I always like to start macro before we go micro, and we're going to talk about your brand new resource and all the things that involve with that. But Sue, I want to start with you first. You've had an interesting career. You, you've done a lot of different things. Uh, you've been in the local church for over 20 years. You've worked with pastors and leaders. You now work at um, my seminary, United Theological Seminary, where I'm a graduate of. Um, and so l- let me ask you this. How would you describe the call that God has placed on your life? So... Uh, all the way along, um, as God has led me forward, I have this unquenchable passion to see God's church Mm. uh, look up and out and to be open, to surrender and be open to God's next possibilities, and then to have the courage and the spiritual nimbleness to step out wherever God is leading so that the church... Uh, isn't just an organization turned inward that that we administrate, but that it is the movement of Jesus that is rolling and spreading forward. I think that's the Acts 2 picture of God's church. And so my passion all the way along is to experiment and try things and assist churches that I've led as well as churches now that I'm alongside on what it means to be the forward spiritual movement of Jesus, mm. not just an organization. And for me, the, the rocket fuel of all of that is prayer collectively across the congregation as well as individually, and specifically prayer uh, saying to God, you know, we're going to set aside all of our preferences, all of our requirements, all of what we think needs to happen. And we're going to surrender ourselves to be open to what you think needs to happen, God. We want your preferences and show us that. 
and we're going to be saying yes and stepping out. I love that. Uh, spiritual nimbleness is not a word that I hear very often. And when I think about churches, I don't often think about nimble organisms. So I think I'm going to have to wrestle with that a little bit, but I, I like it. I like the I like the word usage there. Roz, now, you, of course, my audience knows you already. Pastor uh, of Mosaic Church here in the, in the Beaver Creek area. Uh, you're at United. You've written uh, several books. How, same question to you. How would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life? Yeah, I, I would say um, it's to be a change agent and starter and seeing new God possibilities um, and introducing those to people, systems, uh, organizations, churches. And so that's the ways that God has used me in the past. And I think, um, it's continuing to happen in the present. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's how I would describe myself. Change agent. Yeah. I think that's probably a beautiful term and it. What it does is it also, it really connects you two together because you both care deeply about trying new things in old institutions. But there, there's a lot of people who are listening right now who go to church every Sunday and uh, the moment we start talking about change in church, whether that's pews to chairs or creating missional spaces or, or trying to do church in a parking lot or under a tent, people freak out. So, Roz, I'm going to start with you and then Sue will go to you next. But why do you think the church, um, which is supposed to be a movement of God's people, why do you think the church is so resistant to change? And, and maybe even more specifically, why are Christians so resistant to something new? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. And I would start by saying this, that change is difficult for every person, regardless of faith affiliation. Um, but change is a part of life. And there's some people based on personalities that have a high propensity for change. And so I love change for the sake of change sake. And that goes too <laughs> that goes too far. Half the people so, just had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. That goes too far sometimes because when I'm stressed, uh, the way I de-stress is um, dreaming about changes. And, and so it can go too far. But my wife, on the other hand, loves consistency and sameness. Um, I would say that I'm in the minority with liking change. I mean, we're the cre we're creatures of habit, and so mm -hmm. um, even in my first church, um, the I you know I warned everybody that you're becoming the same church people you resent when you sit in the same movie theater seats, um, and and you don't want to change and you don't want to move around, and so I think um, even positive change is always associated even with fear, um, even positive change, the best change in the world. Um, you know, if you tell someone, Hey, you're going to, I'm going to give you $10 million. Um, some people would freak out because that's going to bring a lot of changes and they'll have more questions, uh, than anything else. And oftentimes we, um, people are resistant to change too, I think, because they don't know the why. And if you don't know your why and it's not compelling, then people aren't going to follow you. And so um, I, I found that um, giving people the why is going to help. And usually uh, people get upset because their life is out of control. Uh, they're dealing with personal circumstances. 
And the one thing that's remained constant has been their church. And so when you change the bulletins or you change the carpet, uh, there is some resistance because they've associated those sacred spaces and places with uh, something that has been a constant in their lives. And so uh, you got to be strategic and have multiple conversations, but be able to communicate that vision 10 different ways and illustrate it. Uh, so it really comes down to the vision casting, I think. Sure. Um, but I love change. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate that about you. It's one of my favorite things is your entrepreneurial spirit. Um, Sue, what about you? Why do you think the local church and, and most of us Christians struggle so deeply with the idea of change? I've thought a lot about that. And one thing that I have become aware of, again, leading my own congregations, as well as now being alongside many congregations, considering what God has for their future, is that when the word change is spoken in a church, there's this automatic um, instinct to um, assume that what people love the most, which is their loving relationships with each other and the environment of the of the church family uh, that that somehow that's going to change and be threatened and when we when we talk about change and forward movement in the church and new possibilities for me it's always important to name what what will never change yeah what's never going to change uh, our loving community of Jesus is never going to change our heart for not only each other, but people in need, you know, for, for, for growing in our faith, never going to change. Never, not, not talking about any changes there. What we're talking about are the possibilities that God has for us together. So, so there's this unchangeable nature of the movement of Jesus and our bond together. And then instead of using the word change, when we talk about God possibilities and open doors, uh, we already have reminded ourselves over and over again that nothing that we hold uh, which is our bond, is not going to change. We're just going to go together, you know, and what might God have? And so uh, that's one of the things that I think about when, when we talk about changing the church. Well, one of the words that um, I wrote down in my notes is, as we first started talking was this idea about breakthrough prayer. And so I, I think uh, we're going to talk about the dynamite prayer in just a minute, but I think it might be good to go back a little bit before we go forward to give kind of uh, everyone some common language around what breakthrough prayer is. So what I was hoping that we could do is Sue, if you could give us like how you came up or how kind of God put this on your heart about breakthrough prayer. And then Roz, what I would love to hear is how you began to, to take that vision that God gave Sue, and then bring that into your church um, to kind of get us to a place where we could really dive into this latest resource. So uh, I is I, I'm I'm really passionate about prayer for God's next possibilities as being the jet fuel, the rocket fuel for the movement of Jesus called the church to move forward and. When I began developing uh, a revitalization initiative 
for groups of churches and their pastors a number of years ago, I, I prayed about how to create a training for them to really move this prayer for new possibilities to the center of everything so that prayer wasn't just a open and close meetings and kind of a sidebar thing that a little group did on Friday morning, but it, it really did become the center of everything. And so I, I made up something called the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative Training. And it's a very simple training, but it's training churches and their and the leaders in addition to the existing prayer life of the church, everything we're already praying about, to add a little additive component every time we pray personally or collectively to uh, not just God, the comforter, the sympathizer, the healer, which God is all of that, but to God the Almighty and ask for this um, open new doors, show us what you have next, uh, bring your new possibilities. And, and that's called a little additive breakthrough prayer. And that's what's taken off like wildfire through so many churches. It's moved across the country, this little additive component, because even if a church doesn't change a whole lot else, that kind of a prayer gets the congregation looking up and out expectantly for what God's going to do rather than down and in at ourselves, maybe with discouragement. And uh, that this is an intersection, this kind of prayer, this prayer for new possibilities, that Roz and I have been kindred spirits since the very beginning of knowing each other about this, because this is what Roz is about as well. Yeah, and I, I was I grew fascinated by this. Um, of course, um, you know, starting out, I knew the importance of prayer and having prayer teams, but not asking the church ever to like pray together and pray a prayer that was centrally focused for a breakthrough. And so, really, uh, Sue inspired me in this and watching other churches she coached and their creativity around this. And so when we introduced it to Mosaic, people really took hold of it. And it was during critical times in the life of our churches, we were discerning next steps and moves and uh, finances and all those things. But at the heart of it, uh, prayer has been there. So this breakthrough prayer isn't just involving your top key leaders or just pastors, but it's for every single person. And so that's what I love about it because uh, not everybody can do anything, but everybody can pray. Mm. And so, um, you know, we talk about people that have gifts in evangelism or, get, you know, some folks have steroidal gifts in discipleship like yourself, Tony. But something that everybody has is the gift of prayer um, in, in breakthrough prayer, especially is having that holy anticipation that. God wants to do something and God is on the move. We just need to see what that is. Um, and so that's where I got really energized with this breakthrough prayer and then seeing it introduced even at institutions like United Theological Seminary, uh, where we've seen God break through in a variety of ways uh, because we're going to have a big um, retreat to dream and vision of the future. Sue was going to be our facilitator. And she said, you know, this is fine and good that you want to have a strategic plan and you want to brainstorm, but this needs to be undergirded with breakthrough prayer. And so she helped lead that process. And I worked with her um, and I learned a lot from her and just 
how to usher that in and lead. And out of that retreat, because of the 40 days or whatever leading up, uh, we have experienced a ton of breakthroughs and God, you know, opened doors that we never even thought were possible, not just finances, but creative programs and all these things. So um, it, it really drove home the point for me that you can have the best strategic plan marketing, staffing, but if prayer is not at the heart of it, all that is for not, you know? Sue, I'm, I'm curious as, as I listen to Ross talk about this, um, you know, I'm reminded of that old cliche saying that it, you know, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark kind of moment. Like what's the tension of, um, cause you know, I'm an action guy. I like to take action. I like to do stuff much like my friend Roz. Um, what's the tension between being prayerfully obedient and being boldly active? What's coming to my mind is any number of congregations that have implemented this additive component of the breakthrough prayer initiative is, as we've described, you know, asking God for new possibilities where, I mean, God must love that prayer, Tony. And I've got stories and actually uh, my videographer friend and I have filmed and produced little video stories about how quickly God brought some breakthrough that nobody could have ever anticipated. Hmm. Uh, At the same time, part of the in the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative is asking God, we want your timing. We want your answer. We don't want our invention. We want your invention. And we are going to keep asking, keep praying, and we're going to be looking up and out for what it is that you have to bring. And haven't we all seen in our prayer lives, thank goodness, that God didn't answer specifically what we were initially yeah. Into demand of God. Thank goodness. And God ushered in something else that we couldn't have ever dreamed that has been extraordinary and game changing for the kingdom. And so it, it is a tension when we want God to act now the way that we think God should. But uh, the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative is the best discipleship tool I've ever seen mm. to uh, teach us how to surrender every day. I'm going to empty myself from what I want because God, I want you to fill me with what you want and your breakthroughs. And uh, uh, how does that relate to an action oriented follower of Jesus? But, but Sue, I would say that I would say this too, when you've walked alongside churches, that's just the first step that they continue to do. But then each church gets a prescription of, by the way, here are the holes that we've seen through church visits and uh, maybe ways you can enhance your ministry. So there, there is a, a workout plan that they have to do, but that breakthrough prayer is carried all the way through. So it's prayer and action. Yeah, that's good. So you're talking about the um, revitalization initiative uh, that um, I'm so fond of. And that is actually the, the church is praying for God's breakthroughs for a year or sometimes longer before the 
the consultation team and I even get to the church now. Oh, wow. Uh, so we're there saying, okay, we're doing listening sessions. What have you heard God speak? Oh, wow. Next steps to the future. And after a, a whole year or more of praying for God's possibilities, the consultation team and I are taking notes and it's just unbelievable how everybody's talking about the same next steps that they've heard from God. So that report and the prescriptions you're talking about, Roz, are naming what we've heard from the people that God has created urgency in them to step out with next. And um, I, I can't imagine um, in, uh, working as a consultant without a, a, a really a season of the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative to precede any work. Otherwise, we'd just be coming in and listening to the people's ideas of what needed to happen. And this sets up people to speak what they've heard from God about, about what is next. Wow. I didn't realize it was that you had them praying that early in the process. That's yeah, so amazing. The very first thing, they start their breakthrough prayer initiative. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I think it, um, I mean, historically, right, every revival of the church has been bathed in prayer before it had ever actually moved into action. So that, you know, obviously that checks out historically. I am curious, you, you both have now written a book on prayer. You, you live it uh, publicly. I love to get into the details of our personal lives in the sense of like someone who's listening is like, oh man, that sounds great, but I don't know if I can pray like that. So so I'd like to hear from both of you, uh, Roz, if you want to go first, um, what does your prayer routine look like on a random Tuesday, um, you know, in August? Yeah, you know, there's seasons in life and you have to give yourself permission to kind of live into that. And um, as you know very well, and Sue, you know, um, anything routine before life with kids kind of goes out the window. And um, we, so our greatest disciples have to be our kids. And um, in raising them into being three fearless, powerful women of God. So that's our goal focus. And it's praying, not just meal time. I mean, we take the time, pray at meals, pray at bedtime. Callie and I pray every night together. So it's, I would say it's multiple times in a day. Um, and having that conversation with God as I'm driving or if I'm feeling anxious and maybe praying through a scripture. Um, so it's like multiple times in a day, which is pretty cool. It keeps that communication open. Um, I feel like I have to, nighttime is my time I'm most alert and really with it. And that's when I go to God with a lot. I know that's mm -hmm. against, uh, the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, who would get up at four in the morning and pray two hours a day and read Just the Bible. a different version of nighttime. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I really hear clearly from God um, when I'm doing devotional times, those things, and when I'm most creative, I would say. Sue, what about you? So... Back when the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative training 
you know, I invented this simple training and started uh, uh, providing it to churches in the revitalization initiatives that I was leading. Uh, it was very clear to me that these uh, prayers for breakthroughs must be a part of my own, uh, the fabric of my of my daily and really moment by moment prayer life for me to even be able to begin to learn and comprehend the significance of, of that. And so uh, every day, uh, I every day I begin, um, when I wake up in the morning before I even get up, my, my first thought is, uh, God, today, today, my, my primary mission is going to be completely surrendered to you. Hmm. I say yes right now before I even start. Yes, Lord, it is my pleasure right now. I, I, I'm going to be surrendered to you. And uh, lead me forward. Open your breakthroughs. And uh, I say yes, it is my pleasure. And that that practice of spiritual surrender can get really tricky on busy days. Have you all noticed that? Amen. <laughs> you get so filled up with all my work projects and emails and all of that. And just the spiritual um, pathway of repeatedly noticing and getting myself back to, okay, I'm going to be surrendered to you. And it's a yes, whatever it is, I'm going to be a yes person to this. And that's opened the door for God's breakthroughs that uh, have completely transformed me as a follower of Jesus. And it has not been easy because sometimes God uh, opens doors and, and presents opportunity for breakthrough that are uncomfortable, that are anti some long habit I've had, you know, or mindset I've had, or opinion I've had, or haven't done, and all of that. Uh, but I would say that uh, it is something now so precious to me. I want to keep this for every day of the rest of my earthly life. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation to remind you about the Spirit and Truth website. You've got to go check it out. We've got so many things on the website, so many things that God is doing through this ministry. Spirit and Truth is a 501c3 nonprofit that's an equipping ministry. We walk alongside the local church in areas of disciple making, evangelism, and unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit. So much of what Roz and Sue are talking about in today's conversation is exactly the kind of work that we do at Spirit and Truth. So hey, if you want to become a partner with us, we're always looking for financial partners. We're looking for people to subscribe to our blog, our Substack, or our theological magazine, Firebrand. For all the things, go check us out, spiritandtruth.life. Our website again is spiritandtruth.life, L-I-F-E. Now, let's finish up this conversation with Roz and Sue. So I'm, I'm curious, Sue, if I'm going to drill down on this just a little bit, because I think that there's a lot of people listening who are who who want what you're talking about. You, you had been following Jesus for quite some time before really beginning this breakthrough prayer initiative. Um, what's an example that that maybe we could put some handles on when it comes to like, I mean, what what does trans what does transformation look like when you've been following Jesus for? Um, 
for several years, we'll say several, however many, you know, like it, it was, what does transformation look like for someone who, I mean, it, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the breakthrough prayer, when God really gave you that at that point in time, you'd already been in ministry for quite some time. You've been, you've been doing this for a while. You, you're, you're already a, a well-respected elder in, in the, our denomination and, uh, you know, well-known, what does transformation look like in that season of life when really you had you had every ability if you wanted it to coast? I know that's not your nature, but like you you'd kind of you you were there. You'd arrived career wise. What's it look? What does transformation look like in that season? I I don't know if you want this in the podcast, but I'm going to just say what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I cannot think of one moment, one moment in my vocational ministry life where I have thought that I have arrived, that I am everything that God uh, would like to, to be in and through me every single day uh, where where I have always been at is everything before is in the past and today is what matters. Mm. Today is what matters. And all the incredible things God has done, I celebrate. And in moments of low spirits, like the psalmist, you know, I recount those to myself. But I, I really happen to be wired, I think, and, and spiritually, this has been part of my growth and spiritual maturity. I'm I am so living for the potential of every single moment. There's, I, I don't view myself in any of the ways that you just described. I have not ever. Um, I've still got so much to learn, and the only way to learn it is this uh, path of surrender so that God can break through new possibilities, um, saying yes to things that I've never said yes before, but that's the next thing that mm. – uh, I've already said yes to God before I got up this morning, you know, uh, and uh, that's really the spiritual posture that uh, is how um, I've been led to follow Jesus. I love it. I, well, I, what I love is I love the honesty and the spiritual maturity behind that kind of answer. Roz, uh, similar question to you. I mean, you haven't always done breakthrough prayer. You've done ministry in a lot of different places and spaces. How 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 have you seen it shift your relationship with uh, with Christ? For me, um, I'm so used to whether it's leading or casting vision. I, um, you know, you mistake your power for God's power at times mm. in ministry, and so really, I've had to take myself out of the equation and. Um, wondering, am I pushing too hard? And sometimes I have to like, just go hands off because I know uh, it's not God's timing or something is not meant to be right then and there. And so for me, it's my relationship with God has, um, I think, cultivated by letting off the gas pedal when I need to let off the gas pedal and giving me that discernment. Um, whether it's leading myself or a group of people. And um, 
it's uh, different than how I used to operate and be um, because, you know, you feel the pressure, you got to make things happen. And uh, now it's, I, I would say it's a little bit of just moving to the pace of grace, you know, and not feeling like I have to produce when it's on God to produce. I'm just the conduit. And um, sometimes God wants to do a miracle through somebody else and not me. And I, I can't be the savior for everybody or everything. So I, um, I'm learning that more and more, my relationship with God identity, but then in my relationships with others, I don't always have to be the answer when there's a need. Yeah. I don't always have to, I don't have to fix a problem when someone brings it to me. Um, I can listen, I can care, but I'm not picking up their monkey, you know? And so it's helped me to set boundaries too and had a healthy view of myself. So, you know, I'm reminded of how to describe humility. It's not underestimating yourself where you have a low self-esteem and it's not overestimating yourself where you think you're God's gift, but it's seeing yourself the way God views you. And, um, and I think also in this prayer time and, you know, getting focused it's really knowing what is your capacity what's your maximum capacity and don't exceed that don't come close to exceeding that so it kind of keeps me level i would say yeah i like that what i what i hear is is really uh your ability to listen from both of you your ability to listen and then move at his pace and again that's that's surrendering that goes back to that very basic idea you said something in your answer, Roz, that I, I want to, uh, to use as kind of a transition into this latest resource because it's it's called Dynamite Prayer. It's a 28-day devotionals, this resource, and it's all about God's power. And you mentioned that in your answer, Roz. I, uh, Sue, I'm, I'm curious, um, tell me about the origin story behind the name of Dynamite Prayer and then how you guys describe God's power in the, in the resource. Uh, Roz uh, shares with me such a passion for breakthrough prayer, for people looking to God's uh, resurrection power. And the, the Greek word is actually dunamis that is uh, translated as power uh, in so many places in the new Testament. And Uh, The word actually in Greek is dunamis, which isn't just any power. It is the miraculous resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead on the cross. Mm. Our English word dynamite uh, originated in that Greek word dunamis. And uh, Roz had the inspiration. What would happen if the congregation at Mosaic uh, for for a month every day uh, studied and prayed for breakthroughs around a verse describing the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how the dream and really the concept for our our new book, Dynamite Prayer, a a 28-day experiment came to be. And the book is called Dynamite Prayer um, in reference to this dunamis resurrection power of God's Holy Spirit that can uh, raise Jesus from the dead, uh, resurrects, changes 
Uh, and every day for 28 days, uh, those using this uh, get to look at one of those scriptures and pray a breakthrough prayer and really reflect on how they can surrender and make make room for that. So that's why we call it a 28-day experiment, because we believe it can change everything. And, and we want people to experiment with it. Um, we're not saying you'll get this out of this book if you do X, Y, and Z, but um, results are going to vary. And the experiment is giving yourself over to the Holy Spirit. And then we want people to, you know, we're in the process of developing a website right now because we want to hear back from uh, everyday Christians, pastors, leaders, churches to then tell us how did God, because we're expecting the miraculous. So how did God move? What, what did you see? What did you experience during this time? Um, you know, what doors have opened or closed as a result of this? And so um, we're, you know, that's the experiment part behind it. Roz, I'm curious, could you um, paint a little picture of what the dunamis verses are in reference to the Holy Spirit? Like uh, if somebody's, I'm sure somebody's listening right now and they're probably on their elliptical or treadmill and they're like, I have verses. I need these verses. Uh, what are the verses? And, I, and then I'll make sure we get them added to the show notes. Uh, <laughs> um, we open up. Um, it's interesting. We open up the, the first uh, day and it's in reference to Mary, um, mm-hmm. which may be unusual um, to think about Mary and the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. But as we look at it, um, and it's from, let's see here. I put you on the spot. Yeah, I know, it's good. Um, from Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power, that's dunamis, of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And so what's the significance of being overshadowed by that dunamis power of God? Um, and so, you know, we kind of unpack that, you know, negative connotation in today's, uh, you know, society when we hear being overshadowed, but there's something powerful about being enveloped by God's spirit and God's presence. And then of course, uh, second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, um, you know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's for okay. So, all so the Deuteronomy verses. Now, this is the first time I've ever heard this expression talking to you guys, and so I'm sure it's a lot a, a first time for a lot of our listeners. So, am I right in thinking that then these verses are anywhere it talks about power, right? In reference to the Holy Spirit, is that is that the best? I mean, is that the best way to articulate what these verses are? Kind of. Put together is am I thinking about it the right way? When you see power, um, especially in the Greek, as it connects to Jesus or disciples um, or the Holy Spirit, it's it's really capturing that supernatural God power. It's not okay. from human effort or might. So, if somebody were to uh, do a Bible lexicon search. Uh, the word dunamis is found actually 
many more times than just the 28 verses with dunamis that we've used for the 28-day experiment. And Roz and I have both been absolutely fascinated as in the preparation of the Dynamite Prayer Manuscript. We were looking at all these. We were reflecting on, okay, what's this really mean? How How is this... Uh, um, you know, how, how does this apply to our life? How do we appropriate this in our faith? And we've actually uh, got the 28 days divided up into four four weeks. And week one, the, the overall theme is the Holy Spirit impact. Week two is Holy Spirit presence. Week three is Holy Spirit power. And week four is the Holy Spirit and our posture. And so We've, we've attempted to organize it into four weeks of, of themes of these verses as we all grow forward together. It's our hope that the Dynamite Prayer Book, Guidebook, once someone does this as a 28-day spiritual experiment, can become a reference for people. You know, so going forward in some circumstance, and they're thinking, what again was God's dunamis power? How does it play into this circumstance? And they can look back in the table of contents and be reminded and go to an entry and, and reread it. So it's our hope that this isn't a one and done uh, devotional for 28 days, that it's actually a guidebook, a spiritual guidebook that people can have to refer back to again and again. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea about the um going back to it because I, I think once we begin to understand that full power of, of prayer and, and this kind of prayer specifically, we can then apply it to different areas of your life and, and what that looks like. Uh, Roz, as this book, it begins to leak out into the wild. And, and by the way, congratulations on all the incredible pre-sale success. And I know that God's already doing some pretty amazing things. What's your prayer for this book as it gets out into the wilderness? Yeah, I, I would say um, for miracles, I want to I want to see people experience the miraculous and transformation uh, to what they never thought was possible. So whether that's an individual, a small group, or churches or other organizations, that they would see, um, you know, the windows of heaven open up, and that they would experience a blessing like no other. Mm. Uh, Sue, what's your prayer? Any anything to add on to that? Well, all of that, and also to see breakthrough prayer for new possibilities spread across entire congregations more and more, so that everybody's praying, God, we're going to surrender our own preferences, and we want your breakthroughs and open open doors and possibilities to break through, that that God would use this uh, guidebook Hmm. across teams, leadership uh, councils and entire congregations um, to set the stage for what God longs to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. I have one more question for you guys. And it's a question I always love to end with, but before I ask it, um, I know that my listeners are going to want to find you guys, find the book, connect with you all over the interwebs. Sue, what's the best place to, to, follow your ministry and what God is doing, whether that be through you or United or wherever. I'm the director of the Bishop Brousseau Innovation Center at United Theological Seminary here in Dayton, where we're all about holy innovation. And 
uh, of course, uh, holy innovation is fueled by prayer, isn't it? So prayer is an undergirding of everything uh, and all the innovation and resourcing that we do at the Innovation Center. And I can be found uh, through the uh, United website or my email address is snkibby at united.edu. And I would love to help any of you listening to dream about how you could bring breakthrough prayer to your setting, to your life, and in particular, how the Dynamite Prayer Resource might be helpful to you. Love it. Roz, what about you all over the interwebs? Yeah, um, any social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and then also rosariopicardo.com. And you can check out just what I offer in some of the latest books and things like that. And you can preset, and we are pre-sales right now can be available on inviteresources.com. Excellent. And that's actually where I buy my book from, inviteresources.com. So be sure to uh, connect with them there. That'll be great. Lots of things. And we'll list all that in the show notes so that if people want to get connected and share some of that, uh, we'll get that added. And then Roz, once that website goes live with the uh, success stories about how God has moved in miraculous ways, let me know. We'll go back and add it in too. So, um, Dynamiteprayer.com. Oh, we'll add it now. Dynamiteprayer.com. Excellent. I love it. Okay. Last question I always love to ask people. It's an advice question. And um, I'm going to ask you to give yourself one piece of advice except I get to name the kind of season of life that you're in when you need the advice. So uh, I thought about this a little bit, and and all three of us have one thing in common, and it's that we all served at Ginghamsburg Church, which is a, a church here in the, the Miami Valley area, uh, innovative entrepreneurial church underneath uh, an incredible pastor, Mike Slaughter. And so I, I'd like to take you guys both to the same day, which is your first day at Ginghamsburg Church, I realize our times didn't really overlap much, but if you could go back to your very first day in your new role at Ginghamsburg and pull up a chair in front of that younger version of yourself, grab yourself by the hands and look yourself in the eye and give yourself one piece of advice, Sue, what would it be? Uh, I remember that first day clearly, and uh, the role in, and responsibilities and, and initiatives to create and move forward uh, were overwhelming and intimidating, and uh, part of them looked impossible. Uh, I came into ministry at Gingersburg Church already with a passion for prayer ministry and and what had happened in my previous ministry setting. And I think if I could uh, encourage myself now or back at that day, I think I would have been all about reminding myself the power and the miraculous dunamis power of Mm. prayer to change everything. I love it. Roz, what about you, man? I would say just be you. And so, um, I've tried to keep that in every new setting that I've been in. And when you go into an incredible place and movement, um, you could feel the pressure to produce and, you know, the pressure to 
be the answer to every problem, but I would just say, just be you. And, um, of course, put Christ first in all you do. So, uh, you know, it's taken me years to like myself and, um, and I like myself and, um, and I love myself, but when you're, um, in a pressure, any kind of pressure cooker situation, when you're new, um, you feel an ang- a level of anxiety. And so, um, in any setting that I've been in. So I, I would say just be you. Good words. I think that they'll both preach really well. So thank you guys, uh, so much for the time today. Thank you for your heart for prayer. Thank you for what you do for the local church. Uh, I can't wait to see what God does through this resource and through, um, through both of you. So thank you for being a part of my circle, man. I love their hearts for prayer. I love the way they lean into it. I love just kind of the the overall thought process behind what and how they put together this resource on Dynamite Prayer. I know you're going to love it. I know your church is going to love it. Do me a favor. Follow them on socials. Let them know that you heard them here on the podcast. Order the book now. It's a perfect time to order it. It's release week for them. So that goes a long way in supporting what God is doing in their ministry. And remember, guys. All of your subscriptions, all of your rating, your review, every time you share the episode, it really does help spread the word about what God is doing through this platform. I'm so thankful for this community that I can show up each and every week for you twice a week and just share my heart about moving people closer to Jesus. It's such a blessing and I'm really, really thankful for you guys. So that's all I got for today. Remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.